It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Josh on a finger here with Jack Painter in Hyderabad, only five days away. From Australia's World Cup opening match against India in Chennai. Uh, there's been a few practice games and training sessions and interviews that we've got to get to, including a chat with Manus Labuschagne coming up later in this episode. So stick around for that. But for now, Jack, uh, we're in Hyderabad. What have you made of this city so far? Well, it's stopped raining. Uh, that's that's for one. It was raining a bit down south and Australia's warm-up match got washed out with the Netherlands. Uh, so I'm confident we will see some cricket uh, later today, um, Australia playing Pakistan, so uh, they should be able to get, get a full hit in there. Uh, chicken 6-5 is the specialty dish around here. Have you given it a crack yet? Not yet, uh, but it's hopeful before we, our time is done here. We had a uh, nice dinner um, at a local restaurant last night, so uh, good signs there and, and hopefully again uh, you know, tonight. Yeah, the curries have been pretty spicy here compared to the rest of the country so far, so hopefully that doesn't uh, keep up uh, too much. Australia's first practice match, as you mentioned, was against the Netherlands down in Trevandrum. I haven't quite mastered the full name of that town yet, but it's a real tongue twister, so uh, maybe I'll get back to that one. Uh, Australia made five for 166 in a rain-reduced match, 23 overs was all was given to each side after the start was delayed by five hours. Uh, looked like we weren't going to get anything. So the Dutch would have been happy to get on at all. In the end, they weren't able to complete their innings before the rain hit again. They finished on 6 for 84 after 14.2 overs. Stark, Mitchell Stark, of course, took a hat-trick crossing over his first and second overs. Uh, it was pretty good bowling. Got the new ball swinging, which uh, we might not have necessarily expected here in India. But Steve Smith and Cameron Green both got runs. 55 for Smith, 34 for Green. Marnus, Abbott and Marshall chipped in with a wicket as well uh, with Mitchell Marsh making his competitive return to bowling. So, Jack, we were there. It was quite hard to see out of the press box at times, wasn't it, with all the fog and condensation on the windows. But uh, what did you make of that short and sharp hit out? Uh, good signs for Australia and Mitch Stark. Like that swing he was getting with that ball, I know it was under lights and there was heavy overcast conditions with a lot of rain, but that was quite impressive. It was just too hot for the, the Dutch uh, batters to handle so the wickets were all golden ducks all first ball ducks and there was an lbw and then two bolds one was top of off i think or top of the stumps and the other was a yorker and yeah it was just i don't want to say the easiest hat trick you'll ever see but it was quite comprehensive um no hat tricks easy to get but it, it was quite you know something to see and stark almost looked embarrassed when he took that third wicket didn't he there was no celebration <laughs> he just turned around and walked back to his mark while the uh, teammates came and uh, swarmed him he did and Mitch Marsh told us after he just stayed at fine legs so good on you Mitch but um, yeah it was a, it's quite a sight to behold he just looked like running in for that third ball that there's just no other way than mm. he was going to get a hat trick so pretty impressive <laughs> Australia's batting order was a bit funky actually uh, Steve Smith and Josh Inglis opened the batting Alex Carey was at three and then Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins were at six and seven so it was more a case of 
getting uh, time in the middle rather than um, giving us a prediction into what they might line up uh, in a couple of days' time in Chennai. Uh, but Smith faced 42 balls for his 55, and Cameron Green crucially faced 26 balls for his 34. So those two will be uh, super happy with the extra time that they've got to spend against uh, in match conditions, although not a technically a, a, an official ODI. Yeah, Cam Green looked good. He spent a uh, significant time in the middle. He came in at number five, I think it was, and, and batted uh, sort of through to the end of the innings. Hit a nice uh, lofted six over wide uh, mid-off, which was quite was nice beautiful. to see. Yeah, um, And then, you know, everyone, that was, that was kind of it. Alex Carey got some time in the middle as well. Um, but yeah, Australia rested Warner, Zampa, Stoinis and, and Hazelwood. So we might see them back today in their practice match later against Pakistan. Uh, Stoinis trained uh, for a long time yesterday. He bowled, what did we say, around four or five overs in the nets um, and then batted for close to an hour. So it looks like he will play to get some time in the middle and push his case for that uh, 11 to come the first game against India in five days' time. Yeah, definitely a good case for these all-rounders slash part-timers. Manus bowled quite a lot against the Dutch, four overs, in fact, for his one wicket. And then he bowled quite a lot at training yesterday as well, bowling leg spin. And we, we do talk to him about his bowling potential during this World Cup because he's the sort of third spinner at the minute with um, Travis Head out injured and uh, Marcus Stoinis as well as another one who hasn't... We haven't seen him bowl a lot on this trip. He did bowl at Mahali for a couple of overs, but uh, it'll be crucial if he wants to get selected that he's... Um, available to bowl exactly right especially uh manus as, as well like he said he says later on in in the interview that he hopes he doesn't have to bowl but um if maxwell and and zampa are you know are, you know getting hit around then he's probably the next option to to bowl some spin if if it is a spinning wicket so um that'll be crucial and then stoinis as well along with uh marsh who returned to bowling the other night and and cam green depending which way they go with the 11, those guys are going to make up the rest of the overs. Yeah, well, I was looking at the predicted, well, my predicted 11 for the first game, and I reckon for me it's between Cameron Green and Marcus Stoinis for one of those spots in the middle order. Do you sort of see it the similar way? I, I do. I think it uh, will depend on you know who is in the better form, I guess, with, with the ball because um, you know, you've got Maxwell as the, the second spinner, yep. um, whether he can bowl 10 overs in every match um, or whether conditions allow him to, um, you know, it will be interesting to see. But you've also got Marsh there and then then that all-rounder potentially between Green and Stoinis, that's going to have to make up that, that final 10 overs. And then you also need that flexibility in case you know, there's an injury or yeah. you know, one yep. of your other bowlers is getting hit around a little bit. So, um, you know, that spot at... Seven, um, that all around spot at seven is going to be crucial. You know, you need to be able to bowl in that spot. So yeah, you have to have a good sixth bowler in ODIs, don't you? Um, because as you said, chances of an injury and stuff are pretty high, or someone getting uh, met is also going to happen. Yeah, especially on these, uh, you know, flat decks, small grounds as well. Um, that can happen. We saw the other night Australia got three fifty. They got off a flying start, and then yeah. um, India looked good as well. So um, yeah, it's going to be high scoring World Cup one would think based on the practice matches we saw Pakistan play against New Zealand the other day and New Zealand chased down 340 I think it was mm. uh, to win that That's match right. that was, was here in Hyderabad too it was I know it was a practice game but uh, it's still a good chase anytime you can get 340 so um, yeah hopefully a high scoring game a high scoring World Cup that'll be good for the fans <laughs> uh, it was an optional training session yesterday only seven players uh, went out and trained one of the uh, one of the players who uh, we were impressed by was Matt Short who spent quite a bit of time in the nets, uh, mainly against the uh, 
assistant coaches on the the wanger, the, th- the thrower, a little bit from the net bowlers who came down and landed a hand yesterday as well. But uh, you thought his striking looked pretty crisp. I did, yeah. It, it, his striking has looked crisp this whole tour, this whole time he's been here. I wasn't in South Africa, but what I've seen from him um, here in the nets um, has been, you know, as good as what he was striking in the Big Bash last year for the Adelaide Strikers. He hasn't had the, the opportunities uh, in the games that he has played. We did open one game and missed out, but um, he batted at eight in another, so, and then came in towards the end in the, in the warm-up game the other night. But uh, he was looking um, quite good. So, um, you know, if Australia do need another batter, um, say someone does go down injured, it would be interesting to see how they go with that. You know, he's over here at the moment. We're not sh- quite sure how long him and Tanvir Sanger are going to stay around for, but one would think that, you know, he's, he's around the mark if, if, unfortunately, injury does strike again. So Australia's second and final warm-up match is against Pakistan. That is today in Hyderabad. And good news for fans who might want to watch that on KO and Foxtel that uh, there's not much rain forecast for today. So they should get a full match in, I'd say, 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. That is when it's going to start and it's at Rajiv Gandhi International Stadium. So now we might jump into our chat with Manus Lavashane where he talks about his World Cup call-up, bowling and plenty of coffee. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, we're here in Hyderabad ahead of the second warm-up match against Pakistan. We've got Manus Labashane in the hotel room here to discuss his inclusion in the World Cup squad and everything else. Manus, welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Thank you, guys. Nice to be nice to be here. It's um, yeah, it's nice to another day in India. You've just come from a photo shoot with the Getty team. Uh, they make you do lots of different funny poses there. How did it all go today? Yeah, very good. Um, you know, those things are pretty uh, autopilot now. You sort of just. You sort of move in position before they tell you to. Um, you know the drill. So uh, that went pretty quickly and, um, yeah, nice day. I want to ask about how you got the news that you were officially in the World Cup squad. Uh, who delivered it and how did you get it? Um, yeah, I mean, there was probably a lot of a little bit like anticipation going, on. well, you know, I think I might be in. Um, who delivered it? Andrew McDonald actually delivered the news. Um um, and then what did he say? Um, I'm trying to remember the conversation we had. He, he, he actually um, tagged me in a, a conversation we had earlier um, that said, um, you were right, you're in. <laughs> um, so it was uh, – I can't remember the conversation actually. Actually, 
Pull yeah. it up on your Eddie messages. Yeah, it, it was. It, it, it was. Um, oh, what I did say is. Um, so it was when I was included originally in the squad, and um, we, you know, obviously we planned that I was going to play straight away and do all these other, you know, bits and pieces, and it was going to be no good opportunity. And then um, we we scrapped that, and and I messaged Ron when he messaged me, going, "Mate, yeah, he comes after." I said, "Sounds good, mate. Um, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. Like every time they try, something happens, and I'm playing or." someone gets injured or, you know, there's another. And, and anyway, he just tagged that conversation and said, you're right, we can't get rid of you, you're in. Uh, so it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good it was a good message. That's great. I mean, did you think sitting back when you got included in that South Africa squad that you'd be here a month later in a World Cup squad, your first World Cup squad as well? Um, I, I, once again, I can't really... Like I couldn't have predicted how it all unfolded and how how it happened, but I was very confident. Um, and I did tell selectors that when I wasn't included, I said I, I really feel like I'm the guy for you guys to bat at number four. I know I'm not there. I know I haven't performed like I wanted to, but I still think I'm the person. I, I didn't say I think I said I know I'm the person for for the, for the job at that at that spot, and. And then from there, I mean, I worked hard at home on my one-day game, a few things I wanted to change, a few technical things and just uh, a few mental shifts as well. And I was feeling very confident. So it was just about if the opportunity was going to arise because I felt very confident that I would take it if it did come. Um, But it was just a matter of going, well, if if if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If I'm meant to be here in uh, in India for the World Cup, it'll be. And if I'm not, then... Um, yeah, it's a win-win. I get to go home, spend time with my family, play domestic cricket at home, and and, and it's still um, it's still very good. We've seen the stats over the last sort of two series: the dot ball percentage is down, the strike rates up. Are those KPIs that you look at, or is it more, as you mentioned, like a mental shift and a few technical tweaks? More, more feel, more feel. I think that's more results-based thing, and and I sort of let that take care of itself because on different days, as we probably would have seen over the last eight games, you know. I played a lot differently in that first game in South Africa than I did in the last game um, against India. You know, it was a little bit, I had to sum up the situation, had to get a better understanding, had to take it deeper, had to craft a little bit on a slow wicket um, because it was harder to to just hit boundaries. Um, So that part sort of takes care of itself. But for me, it was more about, um, yeah, just making sure that I'm showing intent um, I'm really reading the game and I'm staying calm. And I, and I felt like in series prior to that, just because I think the lack of one-day cricket in a row, so, you know, haven't played uh, playing off the big, you know, playing three one-days after the Ashes, playing three one-days after Pakistan, you know, after big test series. And I found the shift a little bit difficult. And I just feel like in those moments I was getting starts and I was, I was going all right. But I just wouldn't be staying calm enough in those in those moments where it was like actually you can just absorb the pressure here, and you can just take it deep. Um, where I felt like oh no I've got to score I've got to score, and that just comes with the lack of play and and, and not playing, especially batting in that you know four position because it can be so situational. And what's sort of the messaging now that you're in the squad from Ronnie and the selectors and the other coaching staff is that you know that four position is your own and um, you know that's the 
position you're going to be batting throughout the World Cup? Um, uh, there's we haven't really had much communication. I mean, most most of the games we've obviously been. I've batted at four for every game since, well, apart from the game I batted at eight as a concussion <laughs> sub. But um, yeah, so I mean, that would be my uh, if I uh, assumption if I was going to play. That's where I'm going to bat. But um, once again. Uh, what I've done really well is I haven't got caught up in, 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 in what might happen or what's going to happen. It's just a matter of if it's I'm ready, if, if, if that's where I am um, come that first game against India, then it'll be. And you mentioned that third ODI in Rajkot. Steve Smith and Mitch Marsh both said it was the toughest conditions they've ever batted in, the hottest. Was it the same for you and is that what you're expecting for the whole tournament? Um, I, I, I'm not sure what to expect for the whole tournament in this uh, time of year. Um I don't think I've been in India um, ever in this time, so um, that'll be it'll be interesting how that unfolds. Um, I, I was probably lucky because they were batting like from about you know two thirty till four, yeah. and so I came in probably just after them. It was still very humid and very hot, but. Um, I probably wasn't as bad as, as they had it there. Um, but obviously, you know, batting at the back end, yeah, running a little bit harder um, and you're, yeah, swinging a bit harder. <laughs> so uh, that takes it out of you. And first World Cup, uh, you've obviously played the Test Championship final during the year. You would have watched loads of World Cups growing up. What are you expecting from, from this tournament coming up? Um, oh, it's an exciting tournament, obviously, um, in India. <laughs> kind of the home of cricket you know in terms of fans um it's going to be it's going to be epic i think it's going to be a really good tournament um um, the conditions um can be so different over here you can play on really nice bouncy fast wickets you can play on slow spinning wickets where you know when you go to australia you know the wickets are Closer to generic, if anything, they might have a bit more in it early, but there's not too many times where you decide this is going to be a complete ragger or a complete spinner. Um, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a it's going to be a great challenge, and I think you know we've got a great balanced team um, to take on this challenge. And we want to also ask about your bowling. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of it in one day cricket. We saw a little bit against the Dutch the other night. Uh, are you a chance to get a few overs during the World Cup? Um, I hope so. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't hope so because if I'm not bowling, then we're obviously in a very good spot. Um, but I, I, it's always something I'm working on. Um, probably neglected it a little bit um, just with the sort of commitment and focus I've had on my batting over the last, let's say, year. Um, but it's definitely something I, I really enjoy. I, I love bowling. Um, I love being in the game. Um, so hopefully, <clears throat> probably um, if I play tomorrow, then have a bit more of a bowl tomorrow, and and um, and yeah, just see how you know how I go. Obviously, the four field is out. It's it can be tough for a, for a part time league spinner. So, um, but yeah, for me, it's just about trying to be consistent and understanding my role. And even off spinner, if county cricket's anything to go by. That's it. That's it. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can see a bit of both. But um, yeah, like I said, whatever the skipper needs. <laughs> what What are you rolling out at the moment? Though we've seen leg spin, off spin, medium pace. You working on all three in the training? Um, no, nah, just just on on the leggies and 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 probably a little bit of the off spin to the left handers, um, as a sort of get out option. Um, if you're getting lined up to a to a short side, a little bit like um, I was in. Uh, Bloemfontein um, to David Miller, that would have probably been a good option to go 
to go to them. Um, oh, I, I don't think there's going to be much option for the Seamers uh, in, in this tournament. Uh, save them for Red Bull, County Cricket, when it's swinging, I think. We heard Matt Maynard at Glamorgan talk about the off spin and how it was to do with um, at Queensland. You've got Matty Kuhneman and Mitch Swepson who take the ball away from the right-handers. Is that the reason why you took it up? Yeah, it's, it's certainly like I've always wanted, you know, I always probably wish that I bowled finger spin um, because it's it's probably a, a slightly easier craft for a, a batting all-rounder um, compared to bowling leg spin. It's always sort of... You never have the amount of time you need um, if you want to be well, especially if you're like myself who loves hitting cricket balls, who trains a lot. Um, it's really it, it's a, it's a skill that you know it's been pretty well documented that if you want to be good at bowling leg spin, you need to bowl a lot, and there's no other way around it. Where with finger spin, I think um, you know you can kind of get away with not putting much revs on or just putting the ball there if you can bowl a good length. Um, you're still going to be tough to play. You can't just go, well, I'm just going to bowl this leggy with a, you know, just put it down there because you just get met. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my thinking was, you know, like see if I can really develop and, 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 and grow. And, and it probably didn't pan out the way I wanted to in, in England. Um, the part about England is very hard um, when you're bowling off spin because it's so fast square at the wicket. In, in England, so the ball just races away if you if you miss the stump. So it uh, didn't probably go as planned, but it's still something that I've got in in the locker if um, if it's needed. And uh, while speaking of off spin, George Bailey said that Glenn Max was as good as a special spinner the other day. Uh, just how important is Maxie going to be to Australia's World Cup hopes in this tournament? I think he's going to be a massive part. I think. Um, I mean, just having a player that comes in that gives you three facets of the game, I think, is is massive. I think, um, obviously, a, a jet in the field, um, a very good bowler, and then obviously an X factor with bat. Um, so if he can provide um, on any given day, he's got three different opportunities to make an impact in the game. Um, you know, where where some people only have one or, or maybe two um, to have three genuine opportunities to make an impact on the game um, really helps the team. Um, and, I mean, last night, the other night, oh, one thing is he's very crafty and he, he's a very good thinker of the game. He understands the game. And he also understands what ball, what batters want to do. And, and I think that's what really probably, you know, if he's not as good as a in terms of skill-based, he makes that up tenfold with his game knowledge and understanding of what batters want to do. You talked about a couple of your knocks in or the, the 80 not out as a concussion sub earlier. Um, takes back to the century, the game after in the second ODI. What were the sort of emotions there, um, second ODI century in South Africa as well? Um, yeah, uh, for me it was just really that series. I just wanted to be in the moment of every ball. I didn't really want to get swept or taken forward. Um, and I really tried to make it a focus that I was just – yeah, concentrating on each ball, real clarity around it and, and just understanding that my innings is going to ebb and flow. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, you might have a you know, couple of quiet overs but just staying calm through that and it, the game will open up. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was very happy with, with how I played there, um, the intent, the way I built a partnership there with Davey. Um, and yeah, I, and I think it's just about doing it my way. And I think that's really, um, I think at times in the last year or so, 
I sort of try to play one day cricket, um, not like me, and, and and I think it's just about understanding your game, understanding how I go about it, and I can be very effective in in in, in my method. Could you feel that clarity out in the middle? Like, did you have a clear, you know, thought process in the moment, decision making kind of thing? throughout those two series could you feel it out there in the middle definitely um definitely especially those first two games i i just felt like and that like you said that set the century in, in bloemfontein um yeah just felt real clarity like positive felt like which bowls i could i could score off where i could score um my get out options when i felt like i needed a boundary against pace and spin i felt like i had all those um and and I and I felt like what I did well um, is I used those options at the right times, um, which in previous times I, I haven't always done that. And uh, just away from the cricket at the minute, uh, the coffee club and how's it all going with inside uh, the Aussie cricket team for one? And you've got your own brand of beans as well, don't you? How's it all going on the business side of things? <laughs> uh, the business side is just ticking along. Uh, it's just it's just a passion project to be honest. It's something that I love. Um, Do you so want to give it a plug. Yeah, the, the Run Club Coffee. Um, uh, we've paired with a, with a great cafe uh, in Albion, the Neighbourhood Cafe. So they roast our beans there and, um, yeah, they're unbelievable. Um, so, um, yeah, so we travel with um, with those beans around and uh, we've got a little coffee club um, in the morning. I've got my machine here um, that I travel with, my personal machine. So um, any given morning I'm making the 25 to 30 coffees. Really? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a busy morning <laughs> sort of cafe will open at about 9.15 and then, you know, blokes will probably leave it around 11. Right. So it's a, it's a really nice environment. Um, uh, Davey adds a lot of energy to the coffee club. So, um, you know, he brings, uh, brings a lot of energy, um, got a guitar as well in there. So right. got the boys, you know. Nudging away, smudge in the background. Mitch Marsh is obviously very good with the guitar. Is he? Yeah, very, very good. Um, so he's you know playing some songs, creating a relaxing environment in the morning. I think it's it certainly helps the morale. Um, knowing that you know you can have a really good coffee in the morning, wake up and and enjoy each other's company. Who's the biggest coffee snob in the team? Would you say? Uh, apart from myself. <laughs> um, oh no, I mean I, I think everyone's. Got an acquired taste of good coffee now. I mean, the the, the original coffee club, which was um, Alex Carey, Steve Smith, uh, Mitch Marsh, and Sean Abbott, were probably the, the 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 originals. And since then, you know, we've expanded a lot. Um, we've whole, expanded whole team a lot. By the sound yeah, of it. well, probably about yeah, about ten to eleven, I reckon. Come through most mornings and have two minimum two coffees. So, so how many bags of beans for the whole tournament do you need then? a lot yeah i mean to give you to give you a number i reckon so when we were in pakistan for i don't know how long that was but pakistan we used um about 60 kilos for the for the tournament um so we've got i don't know how how much how many more bags we have over here but i think we got some more coming as well um, for a little uh, mid-tournament insertion. <laughs> also trying to make sure the beans are fresh as well. So, you know, you don't want to have beans here um, starting in South Africa and then having... Oh, true. Yeah. So, um, it's a big operation. It is, it is. Big organisation. Yeah. But it's it's good. It's a lot of fun, I think. The boys really enjoy having a good coffee in the morning, that's for sure. Who's- 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Going to be Australia's sort of World Cup MVP, most impactful. Who's your tip? There's a few spring to mind, I think. Adam Zampa's going to play a really big role, I think, um, for us. I think he's been really good uh, over the f- last few years and he's just been so consistent. So he's one I'd be I'd be looking for. And, and the other one uh, I think it has been really playing really well is um, is Dave Warner. Mm. I mean, Dave's been uh, ticking along and, and I think, you know, he's really – he's a big tournament player and I think um, it's going to be a good World Cup for him as well. And what about the best non-Aussie player if you had to nominate one? Jeez, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think obviously it's going to, you know, someone like uh, Ravinder Jadeja can have a, a pretty big impact. Like I said, it's similar to the Glenn Maxwell. He's got mm. three facets of the game that he can have impact on. Um, and I think he can, he can make a really big difference and he brings great balance to, to a side. Manus, thanks for joining us on the Unplayable Podcast. All the best for the tournament. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.